creating cultural awareness and understanding. This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. This week on Culture Click, we are at Ed's for Nerd Night with one of the speakers, Nathan Gill. Nathan's nerd out topic was D&D, or Dungeons and Dragons. We talked to Nate about what D&D is, how long he's been playing, and some known podcasts of others playing. This is KJ with Nathan Gill on Culture Click. So can you explain what D&D or Dungeons and Dragons really is? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a it's a group storytelling exercise. Four or five people get together and just kind of shape a story, uh, play make-believe for a little while, and, you know, you'll, you'll shape how the world responds to your choices just with dice rolls. So it's make-believe and a little random element. So I'm going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. You know, not nerdy at all, right? I mean, Dungeons, Dragons... Are they nerdy? You know, mighty warrior priests wielding golden staves. I suppose they're nerdy too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a nerd. And proud. Okay, so uh, stop me if you've heard this one, but you all meet in a tavern. So many Dungeons & Dragons campaigns start off meeting in a tavern. So one of the most important characters... um or roles in having a campaign or anything like that with Dungeons & Dragons is the Dungeon Master. So what exactly is a Dungeon Master? Uh, a Dungeon Master kind of sets the tone for the world. They're going to decide uh, where where the story's taking place, what kind of uh, social situations are going on, what kind of monsters you might fight. Uh, they make the world. They kind of play God a little bit. And the players, the other uh the other people in the group besides the dungeon master, they kind of, they're at the mercy of the dungeon master and the dice. <laughs> Great explanation. And there's a joke in my head for that because I watched Critical Role and uh, the dungeon master's name is Matt Mercer and no mercy. He's an amazing DM. Um, so what's the history behind D&D? Uh, well, it started off in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. A guy, uh, Gary Gygax, uh, first published it in 1974, I think. Um, and it's gone through a lot of changes, uh, but at its core, it's still the same. Uh, somebody who played that original edition could jump into a game today and they'd have a good idea what's going on. It's actually gotten a lot simpler over the years. Especially with technology to help now. Oh, it's so nice. There's a website I use to make my characters that just whip it up in no time. Uh, It's gotten so easy. Dungeons & Dragons was written, uh, designed by Gary Gygax down in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Uh, He fine-tuned the system over the course of about four years, uh, playtesting first with his kids, then business partners, friends, um, and eventually launched it Uh, under his own business, TSR Games, in uh, 1974. Um, And it changed, you know, further editions came out, a different company bought the rights to Dungeons & Dragons, now it's published by Wizards of the Coast, and we're on to the fifth edition now, uh, with all kinds of of books being released, um, as well as a cartoon show came out in the 80s, Card games, board games, uh, all kinds of spin-off di- uh, dice-based RPGs, um, and video games. So many turn-based combat video games that you'll play, either on PC, consoles, 
a lot of those mechanics were based right on D&D. So how long have you been playing? I've only been playing about a year. Um, I'm honestly pretty new to the game, but uh, and you play a couple times a week, uh, several hours at a time. It, it adds up real quick. You get a lot of experience. And if you think only nerds play D&D, get a load of this. Will Wheaton plays Dungeons & Dragons, folks. So how did you get into it? Uh, I, I've always had a lot of friends who played, and I was kind of nervous to kind of commit the time to getting into it, but eventually jumped in and tried it out, and now I'm hooked. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so what characters have you created and played? Oh, a whole bunch. Uh, my first character was a gnome, a tiny little, like, two-and-a-half-foot-tall guy named Rode. Uh, I've played a bard who was modeled on Liam Neeson. I've played a rogue who was modeled on... Uh, oh, why am I spacing on his name? That's a shame. Uh, the guy who played Scrooge in The Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, but, yeah, Michael Caine, that's his name. Um, yeah, all kinds of fun characters, and I always kind of attach them to a celebrity, so I've got a way that I can kind of shape their attitude and their voice. Awesome. Yeah, coming up with new characters for, like, each new campaign or one shot can always be kind of hard because you have so many ideas, but you have to figure out how to put it in there. Uh, she was actually a bird person. She was an aracocra. Um, so... You know, it, it, was a, it was a whole lot of new dimensions to twist my head around. Not only am I not a man, but I've got wings and a whole different kind of throat structure. Uh, the noises I was making on that game were probably really obnoxious. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am eager to play a character that's a woman. Um, so how do you, you kind of mentioned it, how do you keep track of all your character's stats and... Uh, you mentioned an online t website. Is that D&D Beyond? That's the one, yeah. It's it's great. It's really simple. Uh, and it sorts them all for me. And uh, as far as in my head keeping all my characters separate, that voice element is huge. Attaching it to a celebrity, like, it just lets you slip into that character. You know, you throw on a Michael Caine, you know, put 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 a little Cockney accent on there, a little stutter, and you're, you're thinking like that guy. And it's the same uh, for any of my other characters. You attach that voice to it. As soon as you're thinking in that voice, you're thinking as that character. That's really interesting. Um, so do you do more long campaigns or more of kind of one-shots, one-session stories? I have a few long-running campaigns going on with some friends, and those same friends and others uh, will occasionally get together and uh, will just play one-shots and... It's, it's nice. Just one setting, story, start to finish, it's great. And I'll pull out all of those old characters that I've got and just, okay, tonight I'm going to slip into this guy, tomorrow I'm going to play that one, and it, it's fun. It's just you get to pull out all these, all these hats to wear. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Another thing to consider when you're getting into Dungeons & Dragons is how long is it going to take? Um, and I've been there, man. I, I get this guy. It, it, it can take a while, um, got to admit. Um, and it's really what kind of kept me from getting into Dungeons & Dragons for a long time. I was so nervous, like, man, I'm going to get roped into one of these five-year campaigns. Uh, all of my weekend time is going to be spoken for, and I'm probably going to love it. 
it kind of happened, and I'm okay with it. Um, but there are really long campaigns out there, and there are short ones too. I play a lot of fun one-shot campaigns uh, where you just meet up, you play for maybe three, four hours. Yeah, a lot of time. But I mean, how much time have you spent binging The Office? You know, it's it's a lot more fun. Uh, so yeah, self-contained games that are over and done within one sitting, maybe two. Uh, there are short campaigns that'll last a few months if you meet up once a week, and there are those legendary campaigns that have been going on for over a decade. Now, I'm a happily married man, and I do not have that kind of commitment in me. So, you know, these little, these little one-year campaigns, little, uh, they're kind of where I'm at. Um, what kind of dice do you use? Uh, I use the Chessex uh, Neon Green, and I uh, I listen to a uh, Pathfinder podcast called uh, what's it called? Oh, this is terrible. Why can't I remember that? Um, the Glass Cannon podcast, and the DM uh, has this D twenty that just rolls twenties like nobody's business. And I saw a photo of that online. I saw a whole set of them in the comic book store, and it's like, yep, I need those. And those those dice have treated me great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting to see um, the lore of that some people have over dice because I know one guy he no one ever wants him to touch their dice because he's like cursed. Like he will always roll bad no matter what, and no matter what die he touches, it'll just be terrible. Bonus nerdy points, and I'm not nearly qualified enough to talk about this too much because one of you nerds will correct me. But uh, has anyone ever heard of platonic solids? Uh, but these five shapes are very special. Um, they're the, as I understand it, and Carl will correct me, uh, they're the only five uh, polyhedrons that, uh, that maintain exactly the same shape and balance no matter what face you put them on. And Plato actually theorized that uh, all of the classical elements plus... Uh, space were built out of these four shapes. He thought that, you know, this is so pokey, fire is made out of this uh, four-sided polyhedron. Um, what was it? Water was the D8 here, Earth, because it's perceivedly flat, perceivedly, <laughs> fight me, <laughs> was the D6. Um, I think air was the D20, and the heavens, the celestial, the heavenly, uh, yeah, that was the D12. So fun little sidebar there. Um, um, so kind of speaking of dice, um, what is a critical hit and how do you roll it? Uh, so there are 20 sides on the die that gets the most attention in Dungeons & Dragons, the D20. And a critical hit is usually when you end up on a natural 20. That's just 20 on the die. It ignores all your other modifiers. Um, that natural 20 is always a hit, and it's always a really good hit. And then speaking also of critical hits, what's the worst kind of roll you can get? That'd be a fumble, a natural one. And the DM gets to kind of uh, have their way with your character and what happens to them when you do that. It could be as simple as slipping on a banana and having to spend a turn standing up, or you could end up, you know, shooting yourself in the foot. Gosh, that's... I've seen some interesting stuff with natural ones, so it's not 
it's really interesting to see how they come up with stuff. This mushroom beast was attacking me, and I had, I had most of my hit points left. You know, I was feeling confident. Oh, this is a milk run. It's going to be nothing. And uh, the DM draws this uh, critical hit card, these published decks that have all these really, really creative ways for things to hurt you. And this was one of the, like, super deadly ones. There's, like, four in each deck. And it was, this thing bites your head off. And ju so just in one hit, bam, I'm dead. Like, whoa. Like, I did not have any clue that was coming my way. And it really threw me for a loop. But I hit it well. What are some funny stories you have from playing? Oh, loads of them. Uh, everything from falling off roofs to, you know, a horse just walking right over me without noticing. Um, man, I, I don't know what the funniest story off in my experience would be. I might have to think on that a bit. Hey, right, we can come back to that a little bit. So how did you become a, a nerd knight here at Ed's? Uh, well, I'm a bartender here, and uh, I've been... I, I've attended almost every one of them actually except one of them and i and i love listening in and i'm into a lot of nerdy stuff uh and even though i'm into a lot of nerdy stuff i decided to talk to something that's not nerdy at all dungeons and dragons you know <laughs> awesome um so where could people learn more about dnd &D? and also if they want to become part of a group where could they find more info on that go to comic book shops it's always like the the if they don't host them themselves, they're going to know exactly where to find them, and they'll point you to them. Uh, here at the bar, we do one uh, occasionally on Tuesday nights. It's kind of hit and miss, irregular. We're trying to get on a more solid schedule, and I'll post something on the Facebook when that becomes a bit more official. Until then, I mean, take a chance. We might be here on a Tuesday night. Awesome. And to learn more, they can just easily Google or then going on to the next one is if they want to watch others play and learn more, um, are there any podcasts that you recommend? Oh, definitely. I mean, you mentioned Critical Role. That is fantastic. It's on YouTube. You can listen to it as a podcast. Um, I listen to uh, How to Be a Great GM, which is uh, just all-around general RPG guide. Uh and the, the podcast I listen to the most is The Glass Cannon. And it's Pathfinder, but that's basically, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but it's basically D&D 3.5. <laughs> Hopefully you won't get too much hate. There's a new draw to D&D uh, through new kinds of media that kind of su surprised me. Um, podcasts, where people go online and listen to hours and hours of grown-ups playing make-believe. Um, so if people have questions for you specifically, how could they get a hold of you? I'll just stop into the bar. I'm here most days. Awesome. Uh, did you happen to think of a funny story, maybe? Um, yeah, actually. Uh, one time my first character, Rode, um, he saw some people standing uh, funny enough on a road ahead of him we were traveling in a caravan and just he panicked he noped right out of there threw a smoke arrow just filled the road with smoke and he hid underneath the wagons just turned out to be no big deal but he was terrified he thought this was it 
that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> um, uh, thanks, Nate, for um, the interview and talking about it. It was really interesting to hear um, from other people that play. I've never personally played, but I have a friend who uh, is really big player in it, and um, he f forced me to start watching uh, Critical Role, and then I came to love it. Yeah, I mean, you, you watch that, you don't even need to play. It's like watching football for some people. It's not my bag, but some people who never play love watching football. D&D uh, can be a spectator sport. It's really interesting to just watch people shape a story together. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic. So thank you, Nate, for talking about it. Thank you. Thanks again to Nathan for the interview. To learn more about D&D, check out Critical Role or other podcasts out there. To stream today's episode or any other episode of Culture Click, go to kqal.org under Media Program Archives. This is KJ on Culture Click. Creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQAL FM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click. Do you want to know about all things Winona and the surrounding area? Tune into Culture Click Thursdays at 12:30 right here on 89.5 KQAL. Culture Click is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. <laughs>